Yeah, this week is already been and mostly going to be about the offensive coordinator uh, job search. What's to come in the portal? Who's already announcing their intentions for the portal? And, of course, what's going on in the coaching carousel? But, hey, we got recruiting to talk about today. OU recruiting to talk about today. And not just OU recruiting. OU recruiting in the 2024 class? How about that? Eddie Pierre-Louis? Make it another sudden decision, another change of heart. As I see rivals today with the headline, uh, EPL to soon make commitments. And I'm OU's back so, in this thing. So fed up with this recruitment. Man, how about it? Another twist in the Eddie Pierre Louis recruitment. The number 27 overall player, according to rivals. The number 27 overall player in the country. According to rivals, Eddie Pierre-Louis may be coming back around to OU. Uh, what, what, what happened here? I do not have a freaking clue what happened. To <laughs> I, at this point, I don't know what happened. I don't know what's happening. I don't know what will happen. Because this guy, keep in mind, for the last two months, he has not taken any visits whatsoever. And, so, like, and he's promised OU on two different occasions he's going to show up. Yep. And then hasn't shown up either time. So that's why I'm still somewhat skeptical here. In fact, I got a I got a text just a few moments ago from somebody on the UCF side that said, "Today I'm told by someone close to Eddie, quote, he hasn't made up his mind yet, but he isn't going to take any more visits." LOL. He hasn't made up his mind yet, but he's going to make up his mind without taking any more visits. I Okay. Some recruitments are just bizarre, and this is one of them. He was supposed to be in for – really, the, the, the first time he was supposed to be in was for that UCF game, the, the first game after the Texas win. He didn't make it in. Well, all right, well, Eddie Pierre-Louis doesn't make it in for the UCF game. Now, we'll see if he makes it in for the West Virginia game because no one's really making it in for that TCU game on Friday morning. So if he doesn't make it in for the West Virginia game, well, that's kind of telling – well, he didn't make it in for that game. There was a rumor at one point that week that he was going to go to Oregon instead. Apparently, he didn't go anywhere, but he took a UCF visit at some point in October, and he hasn't taken another visit since then. If this has swung back in OU's favor a little bit, great, cool. I, you, you, you take it. You know what it's starting to but feel like? man. It's starting to feel like Grant Bricks all over again. <laughs> because oh, I, here's, no. Here's Too the, soon. Well, and here's the thing about covering recruiting, though, is that – People have an insatiable appetite for updates. And sometimes there are no updates. That was the case for, and that was the case, for two months. Yeah, and that was the case forever with Bricks. The semi, okay, like, what, the semi thing was the biggest rec- uh, update we had in two months with Grant Bricks. From late August to early October, there was nothing to update there. And so it has been, and probably will be, with Eddie Pierre-Louis for a while, like, there's simply nothing. Like, he's not going anywhere. He's not telling any of the coaching staffs anything different. It's just, like, the second he didn't visit OU the second time after promising that he was going to come show up, I feel like everybody kind of, including myself, kind of collectively wrote that off. Okay, like, if, if you're following the visits, he's only been to Oklahoma once. He keeps no-showing. What are the odds that he realistically commits to Oklahoma? And yet here we are, Tyler. And not only has he not shown up to OU, but he hasn't shown up to Miami. He hasn't shown up to UCF. He's literally just sitting at home at this point. In Tampa, Florida? Hanging trying out. to process through this decision. So I I don't like 
inevitably, what's going to happen is for the next two weeks or however long it is until EPL makes his commitment, people are going to be wondering, what's the latest? What's the latest? What's the latest? There's probably not going to be any updates. Or it, it, there might be updates. They're probably going to be very few. Very, very few sporadic. updates, but, but uh, a lot of change uh, change of hearts in that uh, in that time frame as well. Who knows what's going to happen here? Stillwater Sooner says maybe EPL will draw names out of a hat. Now that would be an interesting signing day announcement right there. If he, if someone were to go up to the table, like I honestly don't know. There's five hats in front of me, but I'm going to use one of those hats, and every school has a piece of paper in the hat, and who I draw out is where I'm going to sign. Here we go. I'd I'd like to thank all the coaches that recruited me throughout this process. It's time to make a decision, but I have no clue where I want to play college football, so we're going to leave this up to chance. Shake the hat. I'll be taking my talents, too, because you got to say that. For the next three to four uh, years, I'll be for the taking next my three to four talents years, too. I'll be taking my talents too, and then watch uh, it'll be like didn't Caleb, Jacksonville State like Caleb Kelly didn't do that, but when he was ultimately deciding, like in front of his family, who he wanted, didn't he have OU and Notre Dame and a hat, and that was kind of a, a way for him to kind of see where he wanted to pick between OU. S- something, something similar to that. I don't know. We happened, should ask Caleb Kelly. Yeah. I'm we, sure he'd tell we us. Should, we should ask him sometime. Mark in Newcastle says, is EPL a real person? I, I, don't, I don't know. You're going to have to ask Bill Biedenbow on that one. This, this has been a very stressful recruiting cycle for Bill Biedenbow, has it not? First this and now the Grant Bricks situation. Guy needs a uh, he needs a few days at the lake house up there at Grand Lake is what I would say. I think he's earned that after this recruiting cycle. Yeah, post signing day, I'm okay if Beaton Bow just takes a few days to chill. We'll we'll make sure he gets a couple bottles of whiskey to take up with him to Grand Lake. Say, Bill, just go enjoy a week. Just take the week, relax. Uh, good point by Jim in Arlington. I forgot to say. With that being said. That, that is also mentioned oh, yes. quite a bit. With that being said, for the next three to four years, I'll be taking my talents to Gosh. insert school here. It really has become so incredibly formulaic, hasn't <laughs> it's, it's it? It's unbelievable, man. Uh, yeah, that's where we're at with OU in 2024 recruiting. And I had it written down in the rundown sheet today. Will we see another commitment for OU in the 2024 class? It's as big of a question now as when I wrote down that question two and a half, three hours ago. I don't know. I, it may be EPL or bust on that one, but can anyone say with any amount of certainty where EPL is going to end up in the 2024 class? Because it seems like it would be, it's got to be a guess as, as to right now. Purely a guess as to where he's going to go. I wonder what the crystal ball situation on him is. I, I need to look at that. It's where people have him projected. If anyone has him projected well, at I, all. Like, I still have mine on OU, as do most across the industry. But I feel like that's only because we put all those OU predictions in while it appeared pretty certain that EPL was going to be a Sooner. And then we're, we've kind of just been waiting to bail on them but haven't been able to figure whether you bail in favor of UCF or bail in favor of Oregon. Who who knows with this one? I mean, if he doesn't announce until signing day, and I know the rival story says he wants to announce before signing day, whenever the decision is, it'll be be fascinating. Sporting Sooner says, I have a feeling we'll know something about EPL on December 20th. I have a feeling. Well, there's two signing days. 
So I would think so as well, but the way that this one is heading, there's there's really no telling what's going to happen with uh, with Eddie Pierre-Louis. But like I said, the number 27 overall player, according to Rivals, four-star, six foot four, 320 pounds out of uh, Tampa, Florida. A 918 listener asks, wait, explain, did I miss Grant Bricks committing somewhere? He is not officially no. committed anywhere, but again, I, I mentioned this last hour, I would expect that announcement tonight, and I would expect it in favor of Nebraska. What if it doesn't happen tonight and we're sitting here tomorrow at the same time saying, well, I thought Grant Briggs was going to commit to Nebraska. Wouldn't that be rather rather fitting? Make Nebraska sweat it out until the end? Yeah, I don't think that's going to be happening. I don't um, think so either. Just a lot of uh, interesting things have been happening with the two recruitments. By the way, this, is, so this is interesting. And I saw this earlier and had forgotten about it. A California listener brought it back to our attention. Lincoln Riley is apparently the betting favorite in Vegas to be the next college football head coach fired. Yeah, I saw that earlier. It's, it's Bet Online uh, AG, I think, is, is who put that out. Um, and right below him were some coaches who actually have a chance to get fired. This is the next head football coach to be fired. Now, Lincoln Riley was 7-5 and five this year. He ain't getting fired after this season, and that buyout is enormous as it is. That's got to be just to get some attention and to get people talking about those odds, right? I mean, there's no way he has the best chance or should have the best odds of anyone to get fired. Or does Vegas know something we don't? I may, may, that would be quite incredible if Lincoln Riley ends up being on the market this coaching cycle. He could go to Houston. He could go to. He could be the head coach at Houston or Muleshoe High UTEP. School. UTEP, UTEP yes. West Texas, baby. Oh, my God. If Muleshoe's the head coach at UTEP and OU ends up playing him in a non-con game soon, it would be it'd be quite incredible, wouldn't it? Man. Yeah, saw that as well. And, and the uh, other big coaching carousel news, apparently Arkansas is vetting about uh, Bobby Petrino coming back to be the OC there. Woo! Yeah, and I guess, I guess it's now public that Texas A&M isn't going to be retaining wide receivers coach Damian Craig. I can't remember whether we talked about that last hour or not, but apparently word is getting out in that capacity, and several listeners have asked, does that make any difference with Terry Bussey? I would tell you that no, it does not, and that is because Terry Bussey was not recruited by A&M to play wide receiver, but defensive back. His primary recruiter was cornerbacks coach TJ Rushing, Paul's Valley's own, uh, not the wide receivers coach, Damian Craig. So does that have any impact on Bussy? My answer to that would be no. Cherokee Suter says, Edgar Patrick Llewellyn is a great get for Bow in the cream and crimson. Now, if you were live at the game on Friday, you may not get that reference. However, if you had to listen to Tim Brando during the game on Friday, you get that exact reference there from Cherokee Sooner, as he says both beaten bow and cream and crimson. And some other things were said on the broadcast as well that make you say, huh, what, 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 what are these guys talking about? What's going Tim on Tim Brando's here? washed. Let's call it like it is. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Didn't they call the K-State-Iowa State game the next day? Yes, they did. I had the volume down low on that one. Just uh, I listened to just Brando call the first drive. And I, his final call before they went to commercial break after Abu Sama rushed for a 70-something-yard touchdown, his final call going into commercial break was, Abu Sama says, 
Samu, how do you do? And no. Was, and was, Are you serious? And it was at that point that I was like, oh okay, we're gosh. done here. That needs to be a drop on the show. I'm gonna, I'm we're gonna, done here. I'm going to investigate that. Uh, that's that's going to happen probably tomorrow. All right, 405-651-3439. Again, kind of the coaching carousel nationally. Might Bobby Petrino return to Arkansas? I bet Hog, Hog fans would like that out there. And Matt Wells will reportedly interview for the Oregon State head coaching job. But back to the own OU's own offensive uh, coordinator candidacy. Who's really got a chance on staff right now for this OC job? We'll run down the names coming up next right here on The Ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune. Live on The Ref, we're the homeless Sooner fans. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune, and yes, you, the Ref Army, listening worldwide via the free KREF app. Edmonton, Alberta, Canada is tuned in today. Auckland, New Zealand is tuned in. Brussels, Belgium. We're pretty international today. Wellston, Ohio. Morgantown, West Virginia. Tucson, Arizona. Tampa, Florida. Maybe that's EPL checking in. Who knows? And then Loganville, Georgia. Small Oklahoma town of the day. Luther, Oklahoma. believe that could be Luther's first appearance. As the Oklahoma small town of the day, welcome to the show, Luther. Uh, Ref Army Locator brought to you by Affordable Door Company, where they compromise on the price but not on the quality. Visit them online at affordabledoor.net or call 405-635-9499. All right, I'm going to give you four names currently on staff, all right? You tell me if all four of these names are serious candidates for the OC job at OU. Okay. Um, so remove names, add names, or maybe these are just the four that, that, that have the only shot. Seth Luttrell? Serious. Joe John Finley? Serious. Emmett Jones? I would say not serious. Matt Wells? Not serious. Okay, so you're eliminating Emmett Jones and Matt Wells from that four. I am. Would you add anyone else? Are you adding Beatonbow? No, I mean, Beatonbow already has the co-OC title, and... I think if you're going to go the play caller route with one of your assistants, you're probably not going to give it to your offensive line coach. You know, didn't feel like, that way. So I I like Latrell or Finley if the house or if the hire is in house. The the only two though, that's that's where we're leaving it at. I would say so. And it, it it still feels like the hire could come from within from when it's own from the own staff. So the two names that we really need to zero in on if we're talking about staying in-house is Seth Luttrell and Joe John Finley. Okay, yeah. I mean, there were some rumors initially that, well, you know, Emmett Jones, maybe he wouldn't be the play caller, but maybe he would be named the co-OC. But as you just mentioned, Bill Biedenboe already mentioned as a, as a co-OC. So we need to focus on Seth Luttrell and Joe John Finley. Yeah. And if we were, we were talking about the, uh, the bet online odds – like who's most likely to get fired first in college football? Would Seth Luttrell be the uh, Vegas favorite to land this coaching job at this point? I would say I would give Finley the slight edge. Over you think Luttrell. Finley is the betting favorite at this point? I would say so. Okay. Biggest reason why Finley would be the betting favorite over Seth Luttrell? Familiarity mm-hmm. with the scheme that just left town with Jeff Levy, and so if you want to keep things roughly the same and maybe want a guy who's going to add a little bit of flair to it a little bit of his own character if you will to the offensive scheme but still keep a lot of the terminology and linguistics the exact same 
Joe John Finley is your guy. And I don't know. <laughs> like I got a text yesterday. If Joe John Finley is the offensive coordinator, there better be a stipulation in his contract that OU never runs the jet sweep again. Hey, so, I'm down with that. I mean, hey, like, here's the thing. If you're a guy like Joe John Finley, no doubt you've heard the noise about what people like and don't like about Levy's offense. You've seen what works and what doesn't. So if I told if I told you Joe John Finley as offensive coordinator means you get Levy's exact offense without all the wacko jet sweeps and weird situational play calls, would you take that? Um. Well, the all the wacko stuff and can OU can they move the ball without having to go up tempo all the time? Can, can you throw that in as well for me? Because if, if that's the case, then I, I'm 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 going to be pretty set on that. Can, can you guarantee that for me? That uh, Joe John Finley's not going to lose the time of possession battle like eighty percent of the time. Yeah, and again, like if so, then the okay, you might have me. Joe John Joe John Finley doesn't have any existing principles to which he feels the need to adhere, which you can't necessarily say about a guy like Jeff Levy, right? Levy has a way that he has done things and probably doesn't want to deviate from that. Finley is a little bit more moldable in that sense. So whereas Levy is probably pretty committed to the idea of running up tempo, if Brent Venables tells Joe John Finley, hey, Let's slow things down a little bit. Finley's probably not as eager to kick against the goads in that sense than Lebby would be. And so you can keep a lot the same, but also tailor a lot of it to your exact specifications as a head coach in Venable's shoes of what you want your balance to look like, what you want your game plan to look like. That is a situation in which you don't have to necessarily uh, – pull the strings and be the puppeteer of the offense because Joe John is capable of handling it, but also you can have some input on how the way you run offense has a trickle-down effect on the defense. I think balance is a very key, important word when we're talking about the offense next year and moving forward. Ba- balance. Being able to do both things, being able to complement the defense, which it didn't always do. I think balance is very, very in- an important word and probably one that we're going to use quite a bit here over the course of the next several weeks and and months. Patrick says, how about an innovative offense that is not seen in the SEC every week that would be hard to get ready for in one week? Well, what what offense is that? Because the SEC is more spread, wide open, offensive driven than it's been probably ever. Like, is the well, triple option the only offense that you could run in the SEC at this point that would be innovative and hard to get ready for in one in one week? I I would say things are regressing towards the mean in college football because, like, the spread was all the rage in the mid-2010s, right, and on into the latter part of the decade. 2017, 2018 was about the time that the spread had really begun to take root in the SEC. But I – and it's still there. I don't want to make it act like – I don't want to make it seem like it's not. Like, the spread is still very much present uh, and canonical in the SEC, offensively speaking. But the spread of today is not the spread of five years ago. True. You know? Now, but you're seeing teams like uh, LSU in the past, what, five years? It almost seems like they've been more of an offensive program than they have been a defensive program, and that wasn't the case for them in the early to mid-2000s. Certainly. But again, I would take a look at what is working right now, what is winning in the SEC. And LSU has been very spread-driven, yes, but ever since they won the national title with 
Joe Burrow in 2019 behind the greatest statistical season college football has ever seen from a quarterback. They've consistently ranked in the second and even the third tier of that conference. And the teams at the tip of the top, Georgia and Alabama, are teams that still very much have that defensive-oriented blueprint. Stewart says, remember regarding the hurry-up, it can be used as a weapon to gas the opposing defense. And that's like that's the spot that I like it to be used. I like to have the ability to use hurry-up but not be your main focal point offensively and what you're always wanting to do. I, I would like the hurry-up to still be a part of this offense, but not as much as it has been previously. Use it as a weapon. Use it as a change-up. Use it as something that... All right, these guys are, are physical. They can run the ball downhill, but they can also turn on the hurry-up man in the middle of the game, and it's really difficult to deal with. Um, I, I I like that a lot, and I, I hope the hope the hurry-up is still around, but not every single drive like it felt yeah, like it was here I recently. Agree with that. It, it's, it's a tool that you want to have in the toolbox. I don't think it's something that you necessarily want to be doing every possession of the game unless it's very clear from the first drive of the game that the opposing sure. defense just can't yeah. keep up. Like if, if you got something that's working, obviously you stick with it. Time of possession doesn't matter as much if you're scoring 69 points exactly. like you did on Friday. Exactly. Friday like if you have a game like that or a game like West Virginia, right, where you're just, I mean, hot knife through butter through the opposing defense, then, yeah, I mean, shoot, run that hurry-up thing into the ground. Uh OU Optimist says, where and when has Joe John Finley ever called plays? He has not. This will be his first gig as a play caller. And again, I think that's what has some folks apprehensive about that potential hire, is that, okay, well, he he hasn't called plays before. Again, knowing Brent Venables and knowing Joe Castiglione and knowing how thorough they will be in this process, and also just knowing the fact that Finley has been regarded for the last three, four years as somebody that was already on the cusp of making the jump to OC somewhere, even if that wasn't OU. I I don't have any major qualms with it, but I I certainly understand why some folks will be skeptical. Mark in Newcastle, where does J.P. Lowesman fall in all of this? He doesn't get mentioned much about his contributions and ambitions. Is he a guy that could follow old uh, Leb to Mississippi State? I think his wife works in the athletic uh, department as well. Zulosman does. That's right. I don't think they will be leaving OU. Let's yeah. Let's hope not. Um, I, I think they're pretty pretty valuable. I know they're both valuable because to they, what's going on yeah, right now. Yeah, like they came over with the Clemson crew. None of the Clemson crew, at least right now, is going to Mississippi State. Yeah, and that's you know, and, and I'm sure we'll eventually get into this. What's the latest scuttlebutt on? Who from the staff might leave to go with Jeff Levy? And I think that there's some, you know, some guys with off the field roles that might follow Jeff Levy. Maybe someone would leave OU in an off the field role and maybe get a full time on field position coach at Mississippi State. Like in that circumstance, you do leave. You leave an off the field role to be an on field coach in the SEC. But Parker, these, some of these guys, or a lot of these guys, are going to get offered that are already on field coaches at OU. Like, if you look at the history of the OU football program, it's a pretty stable, it's a pretty stable school, you know, in terms of job security, what you can accomplish, um, how you can use it as a jumping off point to get a better job, a play caller job, an OC job for someone that has been at OU, they're an O-line, a running backs coach, a wide receivers coach. It is a bit of a gamble to leave for a similar job at a program like Mississippi State in the SEC. That's why I just don't think that you're going to see very many, if any, 
current on-field coaches at OU leave for an assistant job at Mississippi State, especially if Lebby is indeed calling plays offensively out there. I, I just don't, I don't think that you're going to see a lot of that. A-Train says the Achilles of the hurry-up is the flopper on defense that rolls around with a quote-unquote well, injury. It's so annoying. Do you see TCU had two guys flop on the exact same play? I brought it up uh, yesterday uh, with, 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 uh, it, during the rush, and not only did I see it, I've seen a lot of pathetic attempts to stop the hurry-up and the fake injuries. Oh, that was... It was the worst. That is t- it was the worst. Two awful flops. Oh, my like, gosh. Hardly believable. So it happened right in front of me. Our seats are in yeah. Section 10, and you would have been just, what, sitting right there in that end zone? So it happened right in front of you yeah. as well? I mean, right I yelled out like, oh, my God, are you kidding me? Worst attempt at a fake injury. And, of course, they pop right back up because they immediately go to review the Drake Stoops catch on the sideline. Yeah, it's, uh, that, that one was bad. That one was really bad. 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. What about unrealistic candidates for this job? We get a lot of Dana Holgerson and Cliff Kingsbury, Andy Koltelnicki. A lot of different names pop up on the text line for this OC job. Which of these are unrealistic names? We'll talk about that next right here on The Ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune live on The Ref. We're the home of Sooner fans. OU still hanging tied at number six in the rivals rankings for the 2024 class, sitting at number seven uh, on 24-7. They're just behind, I think it's Notre Dame who's sitting at five right now. Uh, OU's at six on rivals, and they're right behind Notre Dame at five. And I am in no way telling you to expect this to happen. But if for some reason OU was to get uh, Eddie Pierre-Louis, Feels like OU would be back in the top five in the uh, rivals ranking. So something to watch there. But yeah, you got Georgia at one, Ohio State at two, Florida State at three, Texas at four. Sorry, Oregon is at five, OU's at six, and then there's Notre Dame at seven. Followed by A&M at eight, Bam at nine, Miami at ten. How's the new hire for A&M? How's, uh, how's that going with their 24 class and all these transfer portal rumors? Mike Elko ending a lot of that or contributing to the madness that's going to happen with them? Ask me again in 48 hours. Lots going to happen there in 48 well, hours? Because, like, honestly, with as fresh as everything is, he hasn't gotten the opportunity to talk with many of the players and the recruits, to my knowledge. So Just like sway those... on video? That's all he's had the opportunity to do? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So once those conversations start happening in earnest, then we'll have a better idea of where that's going to – I do expect there's going to be a decent amount of that roster that enters the transfer portal. How much of it exactly, I don't know. That'll be dependent on how well those convos go. A lot of names have been texted on uh, this year text line, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line over the past two days. Let's, let's talk about uh, some of those names, ones that we don't mention that often. Oki Tom says Kendall Bryles is a no chance for the OC job. I would tend to agree with that. Kendall Bryles, no chance. But some other names that, uh, that are mentioned from time to time, Dana Holgerson just got fired from Houston. I would look at Dana as a zero chance. No chance he gets the OUOC job. Good with that? Good with no chance on Dana? Yes, I'm okay with zero okay. chance. What if about they, if Dana Holgerson even gets an interview, I will question everything. That, it, would be a, it would be a weird fit, to, to say the least. Cliff Kingsbury is a name that we've heard the past uh, 48 hours on the text line. Zero chance with Cliff, I would give that a very low percentage chance as well. 
Yeah, I'm going to say zero chance with Cliff as well. Zero chance with anyone involved with the Sand Aggies. Now, a guy that I, I, I do like, and I think that good things can be in store for him in the future. All he has to do is get out of Boulder, Colorado. Yeah. But did a nice job at Kent State. Sean Lewis, who got demoted as the play caller at Colorado during the middle of the season. We hear that name a lot. Um, doesn't seem to be a lot of buzz around Sean Lewis right now. If it's not 0% chance, is it still pretty low with him? Uh, yes, but I will say that that would make sense if that was the direction that they went because he's obviously looking for a new destination. He's good at his job. And he's an OC slash quarterbacks coach, which that's a one-for-one replacement for Jeff Levy right there. KUOC Andy Kotelnicki, another one that we uh, get a lot of. I would say close to zero chance. I just don't think he's going to leave Lance Leipold. They go back a long way. 580, what about Andy Ludwig from uh, Utah? That's a very popular name today. No. I I mean, you, you can like him or dislike him, whatever. Some people do like him, but it just doesn't. Like, this is more about... What's the feel? Are you are we hearing anything? It didn't feel like there's much there with Andy Ludwood as the next OC, and things could change obviously. But as of right now, it doesn't feel like that's a very that's a real situation. I'm not buying that one either. I'm saying that's a no on Andy Ludwig. Uh, Ryan Grubb mentioned as well. That would be another one. Just haven't seen a lot of text about it, but not a lot of uh, substance when it comes to legitimate OC name. Here's what it really sounds like. It sounds like it could be Seth Luttrell or Joe John Finley from sure. in-house. Yeah. And then let's talk about Willie Korn and Brennan Marion from the outside. I mean, are those the four most likely candidates? I would throw point? Sean Lewis in that conversation Okay, as so well. the five so most likely take, candidates. That Sean would be Lewis. my short list. That would be the five that I would say all, all odds are your Oklahoma offensive coordinator comes from that top five, if you will. Sean Lewis, Willie Korn. Brennan Marion, and then the two in-house guys in Finley and Luttrell. I was doing some research on Brennan Marion today, and I stumbled across his uh, LinkedIn page somehow. Here's what uh, Brennan Marion, the OC at UNLV, if, if you don't know. He played his college football at Tulsa, and he broke the FBS record in, I think, 2007 uh, for yards per catch. So he had a really nice career there at Tulsa. But here, here's uh, here's what it says about him, Parker. I went from living in a locker room at my junior college to breaking records at a four-year college, tearing my ACL the last play of my college career, to signing as a free agent with the Miami Dolphins, then re-tearing my ACL in Miami, rehabbing and re-tearing it again, ending my professional career in Montreal. Playing football was all that mattered to me, and six knee surgeries later, my passion lies in instilling the love for football in the next generation. Jeez, that guy went through a lot in his playing career. He has been through a he lot. He was man. living in a locker room in his junior college? Yeah. I mean, some of the yeah, some of the stuff he's been through. Yeah, it's remarkable. The fact that he's gotten to where he is today and is thriving. And one of the hottest up and coming offensive minds in the country. By the way, I just saw this. Gary Bohannon is back in the portal. Yeah, let's go. Is that is that your Nebraska starting quarterback next it's season? QB two, yeah, or, or QB one at Nebraska. We uh, we had a week where it was, hey, should he be QB two next year, or should you bring him in for short yardage packages at, at OU? Peyton on the text line asked, "Why no Will Stein? Will Stein for those that aren't familiar with that name, offensive coordinator at Oregon, and the reason Peyton is because he's the offensive coordinator at Oregon. Right, if 
Yeah, you can, it's it's hard enough to convince a guy to make a lateral move from a program that, as of this particular moment, is in better shape. And Oregon, like Oregon's about to, if they beat Washington this weekend, they'll be in the college football playoff field. It's hard enough to convince a guy to make a lateral move in that capacity when those are the circumstances. It's even harder when the school in question is Oregon, which has limitless money. Yeah, and they want to keep that staff together. They think they've got something special out there, and I I think that they do. Um, I think they've got some real staying power. They're going to need to find a quarterback for next year, but I'm sure they'll find a quarterback via the portal. I'm sure that'll happen. They did it last time with uh, Bo Nix, who could potentially win the Heisman Trophy this year, especially if he beats Washington on uh, Friday night. 918, what kind of recruiter is Joe John and Seth Luttrell? Well, we know Joe John. Um, he got Devon Mitchell committed for this year's class. What kind of recruiter is Seth Luttrell? Um, I, I mean, it's hard to gauge. It's that. hard to gauge because he's been at Arizona, North Carolina. I did it for you this there time. There we go. And then he was the head coach at North Texas. Like, who was the best recruit that he got at North Texas? I don't know. Mason Fine from up there in northeastern Oklahoma, who was a great quarterback for him for a while. But I'm sure Seth Luttrell would be a good recruiter at OU. And we're seeing that Joe John, uh, who he got in this year's class, that's a big-time player, reclassified a year early, top 100 player. And it feels like he's got a chance, if he's still here, and let's hope he is, to get at least two really good tight ends in the 2025 class, correct? At least two. I mean, Desan Brame, Nate Roberts, Lincoln Cure, all those guys like Oklahoma. And I, 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 I don't think they would take three tight ends. I think it's going to be a two-take class, though, and I do think two of those three end up in Norman. Nine one eight. Why not Tommy Reese, the Alabama OC? Oh gosh, uh, no, uh, 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 no, no, no. Thanks. Let me put it to you this way: Alabama went with Tommy Reese after Jeff Levy told them no. Yeah. So is that a guy you really want? Five eight zero. Who was OC at Clemson when Brent was there? Well, there, there was uh, there was a few there. Uh, I guess most notably, God, what's the guy? Who's the guy that was at SMU? Uh, Chad Morris. Chad was Morris the, was the OC when Chad he was Morris. there. Chad Morris was Michael Hawkins' high school coach for a minute there. So, I, I mean, if you, that might be a super, like super, super deep sleeper in the OC conversation because of the ties to Venables and the Sooners' incoming quarterback commit. But uh, then the other guy would have been Tony Elliott, who's now the head coach at yep. Virginia. Glenn from Nashville, did Joe John get Devon Mitchell or did Michael Hawkins get Devon Mitchell? Well, let me I, <laughs> yes. Let me put it to you. Look, I texted with Devon Mitchell on Saturday night when it became apparent that Jeff Levy was about to take the Mississippi State job. And we were going back and forth, and he told me, as long as Joe John's staying, I'm staying. He did not say, as long as Mike Hawkins is staying, I'm staying. He said, as long as Finley is staying, I'm staying. So that tells you something right yeah. there. Um, this text from My Titan says, Arch Manning to Oregon. I, how many people got fooled yesterday? Because I got a ton of text on oh, it yeah. yesterday on the text line. Huh? See, Jeff Levy already got Arch Manning out there to visit Starkville? Guys, he was in dark blue polo and light blue shorts. And we went over this yesterday, but uh, an incredible amount of people, a surprising amount of people were fooled by the old photo of Jeff Lebby and Arch Manning yesterday. That was that was not a real thing, in case you were wondering. It was not a real thing whatsoever. Don't get trolled, folks. Don't get trolled. Don't get trolled. Um, yeah, a lot going on right now with OU uh, in the portal. Opens up next Monday with this current OC job. It's, there's a lot. 405-651-3439. 
We'll get to your text. KREF Recruiter of the Month is over in like three days, man. Is this Kevin Sperry's to lose at this point? We'll talk about that and a whole lot more right here on The Ref. Dorsey Jones, Buick GMC in El Reno, bringing you this hour of Locked In with McComas and Thune. Dorsey Jones, they pride themselves on having the best service technicians and friendly service advisors that put your needs first. They also have half-price oil changes on Saturdays. Dorsey Jones, Buick GMC in El Reno. Bob Stoops coming your way next hour at 320. And yes, the text line is all over this one today. Stephen B.A., just saw Arkansas once Bobby Petrino as its next offensive coordinator. They're vetting right now was the word that was used earlier. But you know what it feels wait, wait, like? What does that even mean? I don't know. Hey, to, what do you have to vet with a guy like Bobby sure, Petrino? To make sure, like, hey, are we all good? We all remember what happened 10 years ago. We're, we good with yeah, this, right? Say, if there's anybody that knows everything that's happened, everything that exists and hangs over Bobby Petrino's past, it is the University of Arkansas, is it not? I'm going to make a uh, prediction with this, okay? and I think there's definitely times when hires are made and it's almost, okay, well, if it doesn't work out with the current guy, then let's kind of start thinking about moving this guy in the head coaching oh, role. Oh, I see. Um, Sam Pittman's already on the hot seat. I think he gets fired after next year, and they, they try it again with, uh, with Bobby Petrino. Arkansas's tried a lot of different things since Petrino was hired. A lot of different things. None of them have worked out. I think Petrino is going to be the next head coach at Arkansas after Pittman. If he gets hired here as the OC, that's that's my guess with what's going on here. Uh, Eddie Pierre-Louis. <laughs> we were doing the daily Grant Bricks. We finally got past the daily Grant Bricks. Now we're back to the daily EPL updates. And it could be more, I don't know. We'll let you know when we, when we know here. Because it doesn't sound like any more visits will happen just, with EPL. Just, just watch. Miami or Oregon will end up dropping a bag, and then that'll be that. Yeah, maybe so. It that's could be just, as simple as I, that. That's the only way this can end, right? I just find it so hard to believe. So hard to believe. Not impossible, but really hard to believe. He ends up committing to OU off one visit. You know? For, like, a, at this for point, a Tampa kid? Yeah. Yeah, like, and look, a guy like James Nesta, right? James Nesta committed off one visit, but he committed immediately after the visit. I find it hard to believe that Eddie Pierre-Louis would visit Oklahoma once and then six months later be like, yeah, okay, I want to go to Oklahoma. Now, it, it happened during COVID, right? Uh, technically, some guys did that, but this, this is a lot different than that. A lot different than that. But anything's possible with Eddie Pierre-Louis at this point. Anything's possible. 405, and yes, thank you for texting this in because I meant to get to it and almost forgot. Thorpe Award finalist is a joke without Billy Bowman. Uh, he was left off the list for finalists. He was left off the list for semifinalists too, right? Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. Three pick sixes That's... for touchdowns this year. Uh, just yeah, he had an awesome inexcusable. Year. Is he defensive MVP for OU this season? It looked like Stutzman I, I, for a long time. I would say yes, man. I would say yes. Now, as far as the guy that you would most like back next year, I would say Stutzman, just because. I think he is the heart and soul of the Oklahoma defense. But MVP this year on the defensive side, yeah, I'd say Billy Bowen. Man, yeah. six picks, second in the nation, three pick sixes, first in the nation, 61 tackles. And a lot of like, things that he did that won't be as impressive as the pick six, like the, the, the cleanup tackles that he had in the BYU game that saved uh, a touchdown or two. I mean, there's just 
Watching him every single game, his value to this football team is very obvious. He should at least be all Big 12 first team. He should have been a Thorpe finalist, and it's a shame that he's not. He seems like a guy that doesn't care, but dang it, we all care that he wasn't a Thorpe finalist. He should have been on the award. What are we doing here? He should have won the award. If he comes back next year, he's going to have a really good chance to, to do that. Well... You say that, and I, I don't think you're wrong, but what are the odds he has three pick sixes again? 100%. Like, you know, 100%. He just this might have been his best shot. <laughs> uh, goal line says 405. Yeah, the fourth and goal stop against Texas. I mean, that's, that's a highlight play. Um, he, was, he was just awesome all year long. Uh, 918, in your opinion, who would be the best choice for OC if it comes down to Seth Luttrell, Matt Wells, or Joe John Finley, and why? It's a heck of a are, question. Are, are people going to crucify me if I say Finley? I would say Finley. I might say Latrell out of the uh, out of the three there. I like the experience that comes along with Seth Latrell. Um, he's he's got a track record, a nice track record. I wouldn't hate Joe John Finley like some others would, but I think that those are your two most likely, at least in that uh, three man scenario of Latrell Wells or Joe John Finley. And it still feels like it felt like it yesterday. And though there are some outside candidates being interviewed, do you feel any less confident today than you did yesterday that the hire is going to come from within for the OC? No, I don't feel any less confident. No. I don't feel any more confident, but yeah. I don't feel any less. I feel about the same as I did yesterday. Which is pretty confident that it could come from within the program. So, Oki Tom yeah. says Co is the answer. Like Isaiah Coe? Isaiah Coe is the next <laughs> offensive coordinator at OU. We got it. Is he saying Coe OCs? Is that what he's saying? I guess I can see that. Yeah. Coe OCs. But, I mean, really, we're going to be talking about who the, who the play caller is. I mean, that's mostly – that's who's going to get criticized. That's who's going to get the credit. Uh, that's, that's how that one's going to work out. Sane says, well, unfortunately, I guess Billy Bowman's just going to have to return to school to get the accolades he deserves. It's just too bad. Yeah, I know. Really, really hope he's coming back next year. I'll feel a lot better about, uh, the move next season if Billy Bowman's in the back end of the defense. That's for sure. The Rush, coming up next. Keep it locked on the ref.